This is the Yoga 360 Podcast. We bring you knowledge, inspiration, and resources to help you live your best life. We connect with students, teachers, and experts from the community to both educate and have fun conversations from the heart. If you enjoy the benefits of yoga, value your health and well-being, and enjoy connecting with others, you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Yoga 360 Podcast. I'm Steve Cotton. I'm Karen Eaney. Tonight, Karen and I are going to be talking about the differences between flexibility and mobility. Yeah, and I feel like this one has been sort of inherently implied we were going to do it for a long time. It's an important topic. I feel like we touch on it a lot. We just don't actually talk about Mm -hmm. it. So it's been really nice to still hear from you guys how much you're enjoying the episodes and everything. As always, if you have suggestions about what you want to hear, let us know. We'd love to hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, But for tonight... Flexibility versus mobility. And Stephen, I think you had some definitions you wanted to share because they are different. Okay, yeah, they're definitely different things. A lot of people treat them as interchangeable, but they're not really. Not really, no. And I think we should start off by just defining another term, which is range of motion. I don't know. To me, range of motion is obvious. It's how far you can move your body. <laughs> I would well, I would think it would be rather self-explanatory, like you're saying there, the yeah. range of the motion. But I think it's specific to what the motion is, right? Absolutely. So like if you are externally rotating your hip, if you are trying to bend your thumb back, you know, how far can you bend it back? So not we're, very far. Not, <laughs> yeah. um, so we're going to talk about range of motion a lot as it applies to both flexibility and mobility. So let's just get that out of the way. Generally speaking, range of motion is how much you can move your body in different directions. Okay. So on top of that, um, flexibility mm-hmm. that I've seen defined as is the ability to be mobile while being passive. Yeah. So to put that in context is passive. We mean you're not using another force to lift something up. So what is your definition for mobility? Mobility is defined as the ability to be flexible while being active. Right. So to contextualize that, I'll use a few different examples. The first one is if you're holding up your hand uh, in a stop sign shape. Um, so if you hold your hand on that stop sign shape and you're pulling your fingers back, just using the strength of your hand, you're not holding your other hand to your fingers. You're not doing any pulling or tugging. It's just the strength of your hand that is in the stop sign. That is your mobility. Okay. If you are using your other hand to pull back on your fingers and get your fingers closer to your wrist, that is flexibility. Um, maybe a better Uh, definition or a more acute observation would be if you are in a standing position and you uh, lift your right knee up as high as you can. For me, that's about hip height. How is that for, how high is that for you, Stephen? Uh, Not hip height. Interesting. It's close. Yeah. Okay. Um, So that's mostly about strength for me (laughs) that I can't get higher, but I'm pretty sure both of us can quite easily interlace our fingers on the front of our right shin and hug our knee directly up into our chest. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. So that again, uh, the mobility is how high we can lift our knee just using the strength of our own body. And the flexibility is the fact that we can go all the way to our chest because believe it or not, some students can't get their knee to their chest, even if they're using their hands for support, they just do Mm -hmm. not have that range of motion in their body. Right. Right. It's definitely a lot easier for me if I'm lying down. Yes. Yeah. Which can speak to 
what other muscles are getting recruited in your body. So you're saying like if you're lying on your back, you could just yes, use the yeah. strength to get your knee closer to your mm-hmm. chest. Yeah. yeah. So I would say that's probably because uh, if you're standing, the strength of your glutes, your quads, your hip flexors, for instance, need to contribute to keeping you upright. If you're lying on your back, all you need to worry about is getting your knee closer to your chest. So you can even cheat a little bit. You can shove your bum back into the mat. And whereas mm-hmm. if you're standing, you're going to fall. Do yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, you're going to change your balance right, yeah. right away. There, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, another way to think about it that works in some cases is to think about uh, flexibility being the ability of a muscle to lengthen passively, whereas mobility is the ability of a joint to move actively. Mm-hmm. So muscles versus joints, um, but active versus passive, I think, is right. the, yeah, <laughs> the and, thing to yeah. stick with here. So I think why we really wanted to get into this topic is... I say not infrequently when I'm teaching things like flexibility is just a synonym for instability, um, which is a little dramatic. It's not entirely true. and It definitely doesn't apply to everyone. <laughs> well, you mentioned that in one of your classes not too long ago, and it got me kind of thinking. Yeah. Um, what were you thinking? I was thinking that it actually is kind of true. I've noticed that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's especially true if it applies to people who are hypermobile for one reason or another, which I think you and I both agreed that hypermobility is another episode all on its own. Sure. Um, But I will talk about it enough to sort of say that some people who are hypermobile have more range of motion in their joints than is a good idea. And this can be for a lot of reasons. This Mm -hmm. could just be um, an autoimmune issue, something like Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which means you have connective tissue issues. Um, connective tissue issues. There's got to be a better way to say that. <laughs> issues in your connective tissues. There you go. Um, or it could just, could be injury. It could be age. could be a history of pushing your body past the limits. It could be so many different things. Uh, but it can lead to some instability in the joints, which is not a great thing. Mm-hmm. But even for people who are just naturally really flexible. So again, we'll circle back to flexibility is the passive range of motion you have um if you're lying on your back and you want to externally rotate your hips so say you hug your right knee up into your chest and you want to relax your right knee down to the mat some people it's just good if you let it go it's just going to hit the mat it's going to flomp down no problem Uh, a lot of people will end up probably somewhere between six and ten inches above the mat and they'll want to add a block underneath Um, the people who can just flomp down and hit their knee on the mat sometimes this means they have a really big range of motion in their joints and pushing to the edge like that is not always the greatest thing okay so It can lead to more injury. It can lead to more instability. And I think for me, how it shows up a lot is that if, well, especially we'll reiterate, I have a spine injury. I have nerve damage, um, pretty significant nerve damage. I haven't been able to get treatment for it yet. So I just live with that. Um, How it shows up for me is if uh, my spine injury is having a bad day, if I have some tension, if I have some pain in my body, then my muscles will tense up. They get very angry, especially my right hip. And it can shift my pelvis a very aggressive amount out of place because a lot of people don't have that passive range of motion. Their pelvis says, no, I think I'd like to stay pretty much where I am, quite frankly. But for me, my pelvis doesn't say that. So it shifts really far out of place, which means 
it's more difficult for me to stack my upper body on top of my lower body because all of a sudden that hinge, that main point is unstable. It's crooked. It's, right. The foundation points off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the right side will be further back. The left side will be further forward. There will be a tilt in one direction or another. Um, I talk a lot in the yin class about how your spine is kind of like a stack of Jenga blocks. Um, wherein it, you know, if you have a Jenga block tower and it falls over, it's just going to collapse. That doesn't happen in your body, but the only reason it doesn't happen in your body is you have a whole bunch of muscles and ligaments and things that compensate and keep mm-hmm. you in place. So when my injury is acting up, when my pelvis shifts out of place because I have too much of a passive range of motion, everything just falls out of place. That Jenga tower gets real janky and my yeah. other muscles have to lock down to keep it in place. Mm-hmm. So I think that's mostly when I say things like flexibility is just instability. That's what I'm getting at. Because I'm flexible, my body is unstable. Yeah. It can cause injury. It can cause pain. It can cause a loss of range of motion because my body is locking down. My muscles are getting tighter. I can't move as far as I normally can. That showed up in class tonight while I was teaching, actually. I, I said a few times, like, usually I fold forward here, guys. I'm not doing it today because it doesn't feel good. Um, she did say uh, say that, people, so I can uh, confirm <laughs> on that one. Yeah, and I don't know. Do you remember towards the end of class? This is another good thing to touch on with And this is the class we just did before recording, right? Yeah, it just happened. So do you remember what I said at the end of class in the closing twist? We did a wide-legged twist. So you start with your feet mat with the parts, and you Mm -hmm. relax your knees down to the right to start. Do you remember what I said? I don't remember specifically what you said, but I remember doing the posture. So you were zoned out. (laughs) I I was zoned out, which I tend to do. And lately, I've actually been nodding off a few times uh, towards the end of your class, which only goes to show you how relaxed I am in your class. (laughs) Yeah, that makes me really happy to hear, actually. I'm happy for you. Awesome. What I did say, uh, I was kind of narrating what was happening in my body. So what I said was, for the first time in my life, I've done this posture 10,000 times before. That's an exaggeration. That's okay. But for the first time doing that posture ever, my right knee was hurting without having my thigh on top, my heel on top of my thigh, just the normal entry level level of the posture. My knee was hurting. It had never done that before. Um, so as I mentioned a few other times in class, when you were a bit more mentally present, um, I'm not feeling great lately. My, my injuries been mm-hmm. acting up. I've been in more pain, so I didn't go as deep. So what I said was, I think what's happening is my hip cannot move as much as it usually can. So it's asking my knee to move to help it get to the point it usually can. Mm-hmm. It's okay. recruiting something else. Exactly. So yeah. I used a block underneath my knee for probably the first time ever in that posture because my knee hurt. And I think what that was, and again, I'm not a doctor. I would love to be told I'm wrong by someone who knows more than me. Uh, but I think what that was is my typical passive range of motion in my hips was impeded by tension uh, in the muscles that support it. My brain was like, yeah, but usually you go all the way to the ground. So we're just going to twist the knee to get there. Uh, Hmm. So I said no, and I added a block underneath instead, (laughs) which in my mind is advanced yoga, quite frankly. Um, If you typically can go to a space and you recognize that today, even if it's for the first time in years and years and years, you can't go there. You make adjustments to support that. Oh, yes. We all know that you are an advocate for using props and I blocks. I love props. When, uh, love when you props. can't make... Uh, or just when you don't feel like when it. When you can't make it to the floor, you bring the floor to you, right? Yes, exactly. But yeah. also just when you don't feel like it. You know, there's no reason to force mm-hmm. yourself into a shape that doesn't feel good. Yeah. So w- with what you're saying there, it also ties into some of the other definitions that I've seen for, for both of this. Yeah, go Because it really depends on... Kind of what side of 
I don't know the argument is mm. or or the perspective mm-hmm. that uh, that you're coming to this kind of discussion over. If you're coming from say a yoga side like we are, mm-hmm. you're going to get a different side of it than, than say like a bodybuilding or a powerlifting or sure more of a uh, of a sport aspect, mm-hmm. right? But one of the definitions that I saw is that is that if if there's flexibility without strength, then you are injury prone. Which is yes, flexibility is instability. Right, right. Yeah. Very, very, uh, very similar to what you're uh, you're saying there. Absolutely. And contrast that with mobility. It's that movement with strength, and with intention. With support, support I would say as well. Support to get to that position. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I was chatting before we started recording with uh, Michelle, who you can listen to in a previous episode. She is a registered massage therapist, a Bikram teacher, and has a kinesiologist kinesiology degree so I ask her questions a lot um and we were talking about this episode topic and she said you will often hear Bikram yogis say oh I had to take a break because I I just pushed my body too far um so Mm -hmm. I think what they're getting at is they push their flexibility too far they push their range of motion too far they got to an end point and they kept pushing because that's what the Bikram practice sort of lends itself to it tells you to go further go deeper go down go down more Mm -hmm. um and I think this is a really great thing. It's great to push your body to an edge, but I think it's equally important to recognize that there's an opportunity in the Bikram practice and lots of other kinds of practices to add in a lot of strength while going to your edge. So you might not be going as deep into the posture as you would like to, but you are strengthening your body at the same time. And I think that will carry you further than simply pushing to an end point and then pushing a little bit more. So I think another thing that sort of touches on that is that the more stable you are, the more mobile you'll be. So again, flexibility is your passive range of motion. Uh, mobility is your active range of motion. Flexibility is how high you can pull your knee to your chest. Uh, mobility is how high you can lift your knee towards your chest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so sometimes lack of stability can get in the way of mobility. Uh, you could be stretching a little too much, especially if you're a little too flexible. And if you go to an end point where your body's like, mm, this isn't a good idea, muscles can tighten up to try to create stability that you're not giving your joints yeah, by I've, engaging. I've, I've noticed that too, as soon as I start to feel unbalanced. Exactly. Uh, your body has natural protective instincts and responses, and that can really rob you of your range of motion, your your active range of motion. Mm-hmm. So the more you engage your muscles as you're heading into a posture and as you're holding in a posture, the more you'll be able to go deeper into the shape as long as you're doing so with integrity and, and slowly mm-hmm. and calmly. Um, did you have any thoughts on that? Uh, just what I saw along these same lines is that being in a posture improperly and, and not having, uh, sorry, not being active within that posture, mm-hmm. having that overall engagement, mm-hmm. and especially when you're sinking into your joints. Yeah. Right? And I think we'll touch a little more on the sinking into the joints later on, like what can happen as you mm-hmm. age and things like that. Yeah. So so what was happening with that example is that it, it can lead to inc- to yourself increasing your, your flexibility, mm-hmm. yes, Mm-hmm. but also decreases the the strength within that range of motion. Mm-hmm. Probably at least partially because your muscles are just starting to tighten up instead mm-hmm. of being and, strong. And yeah. you're losing that stability. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so we went through, before we started recording, an example that I really like. Uh, 
some of you might be driving right now, so you can't do it at the moment. But next time you come to your mat, find a warrior two. Uh, so when you're in warrior two, your right toes are pointing forward. You take your left foot a really big step back and your left toes point wide and your two heels are in one line. You bend your front leg really deeply and reach your arms in opposite direction. Look over your front fingertips. That's warrior two. I think most of us have done warrior two once or twice before though, yeah? Once. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. So when you're in warrior two, there's a few things you can do. First of all, keep your feet where they are, but think about pushing the top of your mat away and pushing the back of your mat away. So slide your heels away from each other without moving them. The next step is to do the opposite, to keep your feet where they are, but think about dragging your heels towards each other. And I think that's a cue Candace uses a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cue you're more likely to hear me use is to wrap your inner upper thighs on the front leg to the ceiling. Another way to do this is put your right hand on the outside of your right thigh and push against your hand. And then put your right hand on the inside of your right thigh and push against your hand. So once you've done these four things, you are engaging the muscles in four different quadrants, four different ways, four different directions. So the hip joint and the knee joint are supported in multiple directions. If you want to talk just about the front knee, which is, I think, where this shows up for most people, if you are pushing your right thigh against your right hand outwards, you are engaging the muscles in your sort of outer hip to do that. So those are engaged. All of a sudden, the knee is more protected. If you put your right hand on the inside of your right thigh and push against your right hand, you're using the muscles on the inside of your right thigh to do that. So again, they're lighting up, they're getting stronger, and your knee joint is protected. To your point, you're not sinking into your flexibility. In Warrior Two, most of us could flop our right knee down pretty far. A lot of us have a pretty good range of motion there, and we could flop our right knee down towards the mat. The goal is to keep your muscles contracted so that your right knee is more or less directly between your big and little toe. That's how the joint is safest. You're not sinking into your flexibility. You're not sinking into the joint. And at the same time, those muscles are so strong. Your knee is so supported that you'll be able to bend further, right? Uh, You'll be able to have your thigh bicep parallel to the mat in an easier way than if your knee was flopping down the whole time and you were still trying to bend it. Yes, yeah. Yeah? So the stronger you are in that example in the knee, the deeper you'll be able to go into the posture. And the safer it'll be. And you probably will feel a heck of a lot less pain because I was saying this to you, I'd say... I think about 10% of students probably feel knee pain in the front leg in Warrior Two every time they come into it. So if that's you guys, and like as a general rule, if there's a posture that always hurts you, please talk to your teacher after class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> we don't want you to be in pain, and often we'll have some tips on how to help you not be in pain in the yeah. posture. Yeah. Fortunately for myself, I've never experienced knee pain in that posture in in that position yeah if anything it's probably quadricep and more like fatigue yeah which is great because that means that you're bending down like that that means you're engaging your Mm -hmm. quadriceps some people would there's a lot of engagement in my quadricep yeah when i do that pose some people would feel no engagement in the quadriceps there because their passive range of motion is so great that it's easy for them to just go there and then to sink into the hip joint sink into the knee joint and Mm -hmm. just rest yeah um from a outsider perspective, 
I think the way this shows up the most is in triangle in the Bikram posture or maybe extended side angle in the vinyasa practice if you've oh, done that yeah. before. Uh, people are so in love with the idea of getting their hand down to the ground. That is the most important thing to them. And it, it was at one point in my practice mm. as well. I'm not trying to shame anyone. And it will be again, I'm sure. But what they're losing is the engagement in the core. The core strength of holding yourself there is so important. And, and so... It really, you're you're cheating yourself out of the benefits of the posture by trying to go to your final edge. There's no reason to sink into your hip joint. There's no reason to sink all the way down there because I think most of us come to our mats because we want to be stronger. We want to be more uh, in control of what's happening in our body, right? So take the strength where you can get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that kind of brings us to another interesting topic, which is, I think, a bigger debate than I realized before I got into the yoga world. And that is, does stretching cause injury or help you avoid injury? And what's your opinion on that, Stephen? (laughs) Well, I've heard both sides of the um, argument or the debate. Yeah. I would say that through my own experiences, I think it helps prevent. Yeah. And I asked Michelle this question before and she said, well, it's everything in moderation um, in my own body. I don't stretch a lot before I work out because I don't really need to. My passive range of motion is already pretty big, so I don't well, worry about it. Well, look at you. Well, and I would rather not be like that, right? Like no. I, <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I don't stretch much because my body doesn't, my muscles don't need to get longer. My passive range of motion mm-hmm. doesn't need to get longer. Yeah. And but, I think that's a good, uh, good distinction that you threw, put that in there that uh, your muscles and your tissues don't necessarily need to get longer. They're fine. They need to get stronger. <laughs> right. uh, so I found a really cool abstract that will will link in the show notes that sort of breaks it down a little bit because studies have conclusively proven both that stretching can cause injury and stretching cannot or can help avoid injury Mm -hmm. but this abstract points out that what they sort of where where the studies fall short is that they don't define stretching consistently enough and they don't define physical activity consistently enough so let's think about soccer as an example you are running you are planting your foot and twisting you are kicking you are doing a lot of things that are pretty high range of pretty high sorry um impact that's the word i'm looking for some stuff some pretty explosives yeah like um start and stop yeah aspects to the game as well yeah so you want stability in your joints you don't want your legs to be moving all over the place if you are trying to kick you don't want your knee to just flop out to the side you don't want long muscles for that you want Mm -hmm. strength so for that sort of activity sure do a couple stretches for a few seconds just until your body feels warmed up but then i would do for me i would suggest that you do some actual warming up at that point you do some high knees you know mm-hmm. um maybe you do some engaging in some way some planks some like leg lifts and lowers something that helps to uh, inform your muscles rather than lengthen them yeah yeah and you'll uh, you'll see that too with um pro and semi-pro teams as well they'll uh, they'll do a lot of um hip abduction and Mm -hmm. adduction yeah absolutely and those warm-ups as well too yeah um versus let's say swimming as an example if you're going to swim if you're a competitive swimmer and you are trying to be long (laughs) and have big range of motions you absolutely want to stretch there's not a lot of impact in swimming so think about if you're doing freestyle and you want to reach your arm back and reach your arm up and reach your arm forward you want the biggest range of motion possible for that big windmill yeah and you do not need your shoulder joint to be stable for that you need it to be just stable enough so you have the strength 
uh, to move your arm faster, but you don't want any restrictions in that range Especially of motion. Especially at that end range of motion, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I would stretch before swimming. I would do some pretty good stretching before mm. swimming. This is ignoring a third sort of important factor that I didn't bring up before <laughs> before we started recording. But I think the other thing to think about is if you do something a lot, so say that you are training for an Ironman and you're swimming a lot, your body will start to arrange itself to compensate for this. So if you mm-hmm. are swimming freestyle two, three times a week, your shoulder joint fascia and muscles are starting to work themselves so that big windmill range of motion is not a big thing for you that's supported that's a good thing so you don't need to worry as much about stretching if you were doing a consistent movement all the time Mm -hmm. but like if you're going to be swimming for the first time in months i would stretch beforehand (laughs) absolutely and i also want to take another slight side turn here i remember listening to the radio one day uh and a physician said that a large percentage of the injuries he comes across, especially if people sort of in their 40s and up, are from gardening. Interesting. Which, when you think about it, it's low impact. You're, you're not, you're not, you're not, well, unless you're shuffling, fine. But you need good range of motion. Sure. You need good stability in your body to be lifting things and, and pulling weeds and things like that. Squatting down, lunging, being on your knees. Exactly. So please know, absolutely. Bending through the hips. Yes. So please absolutely stretch before those things so that you have a good passive range of motion. But at the same time, uh, make sure you're engaging your body and finding nice shapes throughout. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm going to have to call my mom after this and uh, <laughs> stretch before stretch gardening. Stretch before your gardening. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So. We again, we'll link that in the show notes, but I think what we're getting at is to consider your your own body mm-hmm. and your own activity when deciding how much to stretch before or after um, your activity. And to bring it back to yoga, for me, when I'm heading through a vinyasa class or a Bikram class, I am not worried about the depth of my posture. Uh, if I'm doing for example, standing bow or a dancer's pose. I don't care how deep I go. I don't care how high my leg up goes up. I care how much my core is engaged. I care how strong my quads are because if I don't, I'm just going to slam and sink into my joints and my knee. Um, A better example is maybe half moon in the Bikram posture, which is when you stand straight up, reach your hands to the side and then bend over to the right, you know? Uh, So in that one, I can pretty easily go essentially at a 90 degree angle. That's not difficult for me. But in reality, when I practice it, I'm maybe 10 or 20 degrees to the right of center because it's more important in my body because I'm naturally flexible. It's more important to me to engage and get longer and more supported through the core and then reach. Mm -hmm. I need more strength. I don't need more flexibility. I don't care how deep I go. I care how strong I am. Yeah. And even if you are trying to find flexibility, again, think back to the more supported your joints are, the more, the further you'll be able to be. So think about strength first. Think about depth second. Right. And that ties into one other thing that I want to bring up, too, that I saw is yeah. that a quote that uh, flexibility is not necessarily an indicator of the health of a person's bodies. Yeah, absolutely. Specifically your joints. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, so what did that bring to mind for you when you read that? Well, what brought to mind is just basically the overall definition. So, like, yes, you can be flexible at a range of motion, but are you able to actually put yourself there? Yeah, and is it safe? So if you think about, um, you'll hear teachers tell you not to hyperextend. Mm -hmm. The reality is none of us can tell if you're hyperextending because our joints are all completely different. Yeah. 
it's up to you to decide if you feel the bone on bone pressure there. And mm-hmm. this is where that quote comes in. Just because you're flexible, just because you can go to a very exceedingly large range of motion doesn't mean you're not hurting the joints at the same time. Um, so I would say be mindful as you're moving through ranges of motion, especially if it's simple flexibility. If you are, for instance, trying to do the splits and you're stretching your right leg forward, your left leg back, and your right knee is hurting, you don't need to go further than that that day. Uh, You would probably be better served by adding some padding under your knee and making sure that you're not feeling that bone-on-bone compression, uh, that bone-on-bone grinding sensation, um, because it's just going to injure you in the long run. So I think that kind of leads us to... What can inform flexibility and mobility right from the start when we're kids? And then as we age, how does it change? So uh, what do you know about flexibility? About We talked a little bit about it already, but what do you know about what can change someone's range of motion? Um, age? Yeah, absolutely. So if we want to talk about the hip specifically, and I use the hip as an example just because I think it's a clear picture of a joint in my head. So the hip consists of a ball at the top of your femur, your leg bone, and it rotates inside a cup inside your pelvis. Um, that is your hip joint. It's a ball inside a socket. And I'm making... <laughs> Here's my hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's punching the inside of her palm right now to make that. Um, so picture that. Now, for most of us, that is a happy good thing. There is some cartilage on top of the ball on top of your femur. There's some cartilage on the inside of your pelvis. The cartilage acts as shock absorbers. It's, it's cushion, little, right? Yeah, it's cushions. It's little pillows. So if you jump and you land, it's going to be pillow on pillow instead of bone on bone. If you are um, doing some range of motion, if you're trying to do an external hip rotation, for instance, it's not your bone going against the bone. It's a cushion going against a cushion. Mm-hmm. And that is a good thing. We like that. You can lose cartilage for all sorts of reasons. Continued cushion on cushion. Continued pressing cushion on cushion will start to make the cushion smaller, just like a pillow. It gets older the more you use it. Yeah, it's kind of like overuse, right? Absolutely. Uh, Some people can have, again, autoimmune disorders, et cetera, that make your cartilage reduced. Um, If you have injury to the cartilage, the cartilage can change. You can even start to have veins in your cartilage. You have blood flow into the cartilage if it's unhealthy because the body is... I've heard of that with injury. Yeah, exactly. Like like tears. Yeah, because the the body is trying to repair itself. Mm. Uh, So that is a sign of not healthy cartilage if you have blood flow to the area. It's not so great. That, to my knowledge, can be rectified eventually. Just an interesting fact, I thought. Um, So one of the things that can happen, and again, I think the hip is a clear way in my mind to demonstrate this. As we age, two things sort of happen. Your bones absolutely lose density. And this can be more or less depending on a million factors, nutrition and genetics and things like that. The part of your bone that you're losing density is often the subchondral bone. So if you're looking at a picture, there's the cushion, there's your cartilage, there's the outer layer, and there's a subchondral bone underneath. That is a very simplified explanation. Feel free to look at pictures if you'd like it to be more defined. There's actually some really cool ones that show you the different textures. Uh, But Mm -hmm. just to keep it simple, you got your cushion, you got your outer layer bone, you got the subchondral bone. The subchondral bone can get smaller. It can get weaker. It can get less dense. Uh, That happens as we age to almost everyone. just depends on what degree it's to. The flip side of what happens is the cartilage, those cushions, can say, hey, 
this bone is a little less dense. And hey, you haven't moved your hip externally like this in a while. I haven't needed to put this cushion on cushion in a while. So I'm just going to start hardening the cushion so that you can be a little safer in this joint. Um, so the cartilage, those cushions can actually calcify and mm-hmm. change the shape of your bone. On the flip side of things, which I find really interesting, is at a certain age, especially for females, um, if you are constantly, uh, let's use the same example, externally rotating your hip, your bones are still forming before you're sort of probably 10 or 11 for girls. So if you are very active in dance Dance, or gymnastics, things like that, when you're a young girl or a young boy, um, your bones actually, the cup that your femur rotates in, can be bigger. Uh, it can be okay. bigger in one direction or another. So say if you are externally rotating your hip a lot when you're younger, uh, maybe you are um, riding horses or something like that. Okay. Uh, then your hip cup will have a lot more space in the direction of mm-hmm. external rotation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of the flip side. When you're young, if you're really, really active, your bones can get bigger. But as you age... Uh, if you are not pushing your body that range of motion, the cartilage will calcify. And yeah, it's kind of the use it or lose it kind it's, of thing. It's very much use it or lose it. Right? That's exactly the phrase. Right? So, and, and, and that's why young <laughs> young kids, especially young girls, can do the splits so good. Right? Some of them can. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Some of them can. And um, I mean, can we take a sidebar and say that the splits is kind of overrated? And sure, please understand. <laughs> yeah, please understand. I say this is someone, the, the splits drive me mental, especially the front splits, because physically... I can do them. I know this because I have done them. Like within the last year, I have done a full splits on both sides. So what that tells me is physically, I have the flexibility to do that. There is nothing in the way in my hip joint of getting there. There is nothing in the way in my knee joint in getting there. My bones, my skeleton allows me to do the splits. I haven't been able to do the full splits (laughs) in quite some time. Um, so what that tells me is that uh, maybe my tendons and my ligaments aren't as long as they were a while ago. Maybe I am not causing enough stability for my joints and my body is locking itself down. That's probably what's happening for me. Okay. Um, so for me, it's very frustrating right now that I can't get into the splits. So I'm a giant hypocrite for saying this, but can we all just stop caring about getting into full splits? <laughs> but as a martial artist, I have to draw attention to this and say, how dare you discredit the Jean-Claude Van Damme splits <laughs> that we all grew up with in the 90s? Okay, and I well, grew not, up in the 90s well, and I have no idea what you're talking about, so go on. <laughs> oh, Karen, you, you just disappoint me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I will link it in the show notes, but for those of you that know, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme had probably one of, probably the most famous splits. Interesting. That was, uh, you know, put in Hollywood movies oh, okay. as well, too. Oh. So uh, a, very, a very wide range of motion okay. in, in relation to his kicking ability. So. Right. But clearly with him, he probably had a ton of stability with his range sure. of motion because oh, yeah. he was so strong. And, uh, and a lifetime of training exactly. Le- so, uh, leading up to it. So. Yeah. I wonder if he can do them now. Well, it's funny because uh, a couple of years ago there was a kind of a parody done about his splits ab- ability where there was a commercial where he's doing it between two trucks. Oh. Right? Um, w- uh, with the help of CGI. Sure. As well, too. And then to, uh, to one-up it, about a week later, they did one with Chuck Norris where mm-hmm. he's do- doing it between two airplanes <laughs> with other people on his shoulders. Okay, so then. I will link both in the show notes because it's quite funny. <laughs> All right. Um uh, 
let's get back on topic after that side sure. rant there. Splits are not necessary, but I really want to get back into the splits. So don't come to my classes if you're not into that in the yeah. near future. <laughs> side splits, okay. Front splits, no. Forget it. Well, fair enough. So that's one of the things that can happen as we age is your cushions calcify into bones, but you also lose bone mass. Do you know any other things that happen to rob us of our range of motion as we age? Just uh, the lack of doing that range of motion, like the, the lack of activity, decreasing in activity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely can. Our muscle fibers in our body reduce in number as well as size as we age. Uh, and that's no matter how active you are. You're oh, going to okay. have fewer muscle fibers. Like muscle degradation. Yeah, it's right. just going to happen even if you're working out. It's going to be much less if you're working out consistently sure. and fueling your body well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just going to happen. So muscle tissue is also replaced more slowly. So if you work out, it is more difficult for your muscles to build themselves back up again sure. as you age. That yeah. is also true. Like um, atrophy due to an injury. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, uh, And lost muscle tissue is sometimes replaced with really fibrous tissue which can take away your flexibility. So remember, flexibility is that passive range of motion. If all of a sudden you're glute med, so that's that big, thick muscle on the outside of your hip. If all of a sudden that's not just muscle, some of that is really fibrous tissue, you're not going to be able to use it as much. You won't have as full range of motion as much anymore. Um, So as you age especially, it is user to lose it. Keep moving. But do know that certain things are happening in your body that will take away some of your range of motion, period, the end. It's just going to happen. Uh, it is very interesting to watch some of the older bodies that come into the yoga room uh, as a brand new student, and some of them. That Remember, Karen, you said you're not judging people. I'm not judging people at all. That's why I'm <laughs> yeah. saying older. Like if you, I'm in an older body, do you know? I was having a conversation with a friend this morning. I said, "Oh yeah, I haven't gone to the aquarium since high school," and he said, "Oh, so 20 years ago," which is accurate. 20 years ago. So I'm not young. <laughs> I'm younger than some of the people who started right. yoga practice. That's right. fair. It's 2003. Yeah, yeah. You, you can stop uh, like attacking me right now. Um, uh, well, um, <laughs> Either way, I'm I'm not as young as I think some people assume I am. Um, none of our staff is as young as people assume we are. <laughs> uh, and part of that is our practice. The practice keeps us young. There's a million reasons the yoga re- yoga helps your body stay younger. It helps hydration. So we lose hydration as we age. You're, you get less hydration in your joints, in your tissue, in your muscles. Um, the more yoga, the more movement you do, mm-hmm. yep. the more you're going to retain that. Um, the more you're going to retain in your joints as well. The more compression, the more movement you do in your joints, the less that cushion will calcify, but also the more you'll have like more synovial joint fluid. So it's like having grease in a, in a gear, Mm -hmm. right? Lubrication. Lubrication. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, uh, the more yoga you practice, the less aging will impact your body. And even if aging has already impacted your body to a pretty big degree, there's so much you can get back still. Right. Mm -hmm. So don't write yourself off. Um, we've seen incredible things and we want to see more incredible things. The more I'm talking about this, I feel like yoga and aging is an entire episode in and of itself. Yep. Yeah, we can uh, definitely do that in the new year. Yeah, we'll get my dad to come on an episode. Because he, well, high school is 20 years ago for me. uh, A little more for me. Yeah, so um, my dad is a little more than both of us. So there you go. Gotcha. (laughs) Let's just say he remembers the Kennedy assassination firsthand. Uh, (laughs) I remember the Challenger explosion. 
Which is definitely before you. I was going to say, isn't that 86? That's the year I was born. That was 86. There you go. I, I do not remember that. Yeah, I was five years old. Okay, then. So I think I want to kind of wrap this up to talk about why it matters that we're flexible. Because we do have a True. lot of people come to their mats because they're like, oh, I'm so inflexible. I can't even touch my toes. Mm-hmm. Which would suck. I get that. And that's kind of like the biggest barrier for anybody picking up a yoga practice, right? A lot of people say, oh, I'm, I'm not flexible enough. Yeah, which right? saying that is kind of like, like, I'm not flexible enough for yoga is kind of like saying I'm too thirsty to drink water. Like you're sure. going to get flexibility if you yeah. practice yoga. Uh, I think more importantly, you will get stability as you practice yoga, which is even more important in my mind. I, yeah. did, I did for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but inadequate flexibility, so not having as much of a passive range of motion can really affect your body in in a bunch of different ways. One of the most important ones to me is that your muscles that are inflexible will tire way more quickly. That's a good point. So think about if you're standing and you're lifting your right knee up towards your chest, if that muscle already doesn't have that good range of motion, it takes a lot of effort to hold it up. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Hard. It's hard, yeah. So what happens there, so say if you're lifting your right knee up, the other muscle groups have to support it, which is why you said lying on your back, it's easier, right? Mm-hmm. Because sure. you have more support. Um, so because it's not just using the simplest range of motion to get your knee up to the chest, other things are co-contracting to support it. Your body's going to get really tired and you could get injuries from this, mm-hmm. right? So if you can't lift your knee up to your chest passively, uh, you know, with just your flexibility, you have to push your hips forward. You have to jam some pressure into your lower back. You need to sort of sink into the hip joint on the standing leg. This can all cause injury, right? And just think about how that applies to your daily life. If you don't have the range of motion to, let's say, take the dish out of the dishwasher and put it on the top shelf in your cupboard, Think about that. That is a huge range of motion. So this is a big example. But let's just think purely about once you're standing up, you have the plate in your hand, you have to reach your arm up and place it on the shelf. If you have a big range of motion, you can lift your arm overhead long and straight pretty easily. This is pretty easy for you. But if you don't, you're going to have to like open your rib cage. You're going to have to come up onto your tippy toes to make your leg longer. You're going to have to stretch more. Arch your back, exactly. So there's a whole bunch of things that are happening to get your arm up there because you're lacking that, that flexible range of motion. And there's so much more potential for injury. And if not injury, just exhaustion, strain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's the most important one to me. Have you noticed that in your life with lack of flexibility sometimes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, yeah my ongoing issues with my shoulders yeah i yeah. realized as i was halfway through this maybe that wasn't an example i should have used no, <laughs> um so decreased flexibility so a lack of passive range of motion uh can also put stress on structures and tissues uh on the opposite side so in that example of reaching say your right arm mm-hmm. up to put a plate on the top shelf you're having to tense a whole lot of stuff on the left side of your body to get up there yeah, so much that. is compensating and recruiting other parts of the body to make that motion exactly. possible exactly right? so again it this can show up in a lot of ways and i think uh it always interests me when people come in and say hey my knee is really tight that might not be anything in your knee that could be because your calf is really tight pain in your knee could be because you have tight calf or tight quads Mm -hmm. Uh, and you wouldn't think about it but it's because your body it's often because your body is overcompensating for a lack of passive range of motion Hmm. you're having to force yourself into that so the more flexible you are the less you need to worry about that right um 
another important thing that, you know, I think we already touched on this, but I want to really hammer it home is that it's that move it or lose it thing. Your joints need to go through that full range of motion in order to keep the cartilage healthy so that your cartilage doesn't... That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, the cartilage calcifies and said, oh, you don't need this? Cool. I'm just going to turn into bone instead. Um, That's being a little dramatic. That's not exactly how it works, but, you know. Sure. It's a good enough explanation. Mm -hmm. In extreme cases, I think, yes. Absolutely. Um, So other structures in the joint will have, if you have that full range of motion, have more blood supply have more nutrients they're going to heal faster from injuries if you are constantly moving through that full range of motion um yeah you have more synovial joint fluid and this effect you probably notice this show up the most in your knees and your hips because they in most bodies bear the most weight um i notice it a lot in my ankles too if i'm not constantly doing ankle stretches Hmm. my ankles get really really sore uh fixed firm in the bikram practice or saddle in the in practice are some of the most painful postures for me in all of yoga Uh, very uncomfortable for me uh, aside from with my spine obviously but absent that those are some of the most uncomfortable painful postures for me and I assume it's because of the uh, increased weight that my bigger body carries on that joint it's just more pressure that's just how it is so if I don't move through yeah so if I don't move through that range of motion a lot which I don't do it enough uh, it gets a lot of stress on it. It mm-hmm. gets a lot of stress on it, uh, and it does not feel great. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've talked a lot about flexibility and mobility. Yeah, we sure have. Uh, to sum it up, flexibility is your passive range of motion. Mobility is your active range of motion. And the most important takeaway I think I want everyone to have here is that the more stability you have, the more flexibility and mobility you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have a effect on both of them. Absolutely. Right? So I would talk to your teachers. How can I get more strength in this posture? And that's probably going to give you more range of motion, flexibility mm-hmm. or mobility-wise. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to link uh, quite a number of sources for this one in our show notes. Uh, two that I really want to draw attention to that I came across. Uh, one is the Huberman Lab podcast which is available on all podcast platforms as well as video format on Mm -hmm. YouTube. Uh, Specifically, he has one on stretching, which I got a lot of information from uh, from this one. Mm -hmm. It is a little on the drier side because it's more on the the science-backed aspect of it, Mm -hmm. but it is most definitely worth your listen to. And the other one was from a YouTube channel called Mind Pump TV, and that's more of the, I'm going to say, the gym bro, bro (laughs) science aspect of it. We love bro dudes. They have a lot of valid points as well, too. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes contra uh, contra to the yoga aspect of it, Mm -hmm. but it it, it definitely works on the same level. Yeah. Uh, The last thing I want to leave you guys with is kind of to, again, say... Think about what you're looking to get out of your practice, your physical activities, and where you're coming to that from. So for me, Mm -hmm. that means I'm already flexible enough. I need more strength. That's my focus in my practice. What does it mean for you, Stephen? It's uh, the same way as well, too. I'm relatively flexible, but there was a lot of 
postures and kind of I'm going to say flows, which I needed a lot more mobility on. Yeah. And finding a, a, a yoga practice definitely helped to change that for the better. That's awesome. I'm so glad. So if you guys have questions, I know this one got a little into the weeds a few times. Feel free to hit us up with questions. Um, this has sparked some ideas. I think we need to do a straight up what does stretching do in the body episode sure. at one point. Yep. <laughs> so listen for those follow-ups. And as always, if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day. Have a great night.